0: In three, two, just getting hard to hit the floor.
1: <laughs> What's up, you guys? Episode six. Good JD morning. J.B. Square. <laughs> Episode. Okay. Episode six. Six. All right, so where are we now?
0: We are in Colorado.
1: Colorado. Oh, I love Colorado. You hadn't been that much, had you?
0: I haven't, and I tell you what, it felt fantastic the first day, and it was forty seven yesterday.
1: I know, but the weather says seventy five today, so well, that was we a freak, shall see. freak episode. We shall see. Colorado after Florida is Colorado's my second favorite state.
0: Yeah, you know what? How was um how was uh, New Mexico?
1: New Mexico was awesome. I really, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't what I thought it was, mm. so that was pretty cool. The mountains were interesting i mean very different than colorado yeah it's crazy more rocky more
0: desert mountain
1: yeah dusty dusty deserty it was really cool
0: it was cool how about those caverns
1: oh my gosh you guys if you wait caverns that was in Oh, that wasn't yeah yeah Yeah, carlsbad caverns we didn't talk about that Mm -mm. oh my gosh they're amazing if you guys can check them out it they are these caverns that go down about what
0: 750 feet Yeah,
1: yeah it's like batman's cave
0: yeah it's wild it's it's honestly crazy because like you know sometimes like you go out to different areas have like hiking you'll find like a little cave or something you could even find like a cave that's like six feet deep and you're like oh this is crazy this is a huge cave and then you go into something like that it's so big that you know like the common theme we kept saying is this just kind of looks like disneyland in here
1: it was so hard to take it in that it was real Yeah. yeah it was just you guys just google it it's it, you can't even describe it. You just have to experience it. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it was insane.
0: And then we went up to ABQ, up to Albuquerque, which yep. was cool because we got to take Slade uh, over to the schoolhouse, the PJ schoolhouse yeah, over Yeah,
1: yeah, the Pararescueman schoolhouse. That was literally like the Avengers training facility. Yeah. I, my neat. mind was blown.
0: That's pretty neat. It's crazy how far they've come since I got out because I went through PJ school in 2003. And, uh, the growth from now to then of like all the stuff they have to support troops is unreal.
1: I mean, as they should, I asked you remember, I said, (laughs) did you have all this when you went through?
0: (laughs) Yeah, JB goes, uh, hey, did you guys have like, because they got a physical therapist on board, they got, um, you know, docs on board, they have like all the different things that you need in order to have like a healthy operator, a healthy athlete and I was like, no, no, no. All we had was a pull up bar and a drop, right? <laughs> get down, start knocking out push-ups. So it's I mean, cool to see. This place
1: was so crazy. its it, just like I said, like imagine in the movies when you see like the superheroes training or the Avengers training. They have like all the best treadmills. You know, they have the heart rate monitors. They have the docs on board. The physical therapists there working with them. Any issue they have, they can get treated. They have all the mobility tools. It's it's amazing.
0: Yeah, it was pretty neat to get to see how well they support everybody there. You know what else was pretty neat is, like, they have unlimited amount of funds to be able to buy pretty much whatever they need. And what was crazy is their gym and our gyms, our Militia Fitness gyms, were set up so similar in, like, the ability to have stuff. They have a couple things that, like, really only high, high high-level money can buy, like, the anti-gravity runner and stuff for when people are messed up. But it was pretty neat because, like, we came to the same conclusion that all the different military money has done through time. Yeah. Which is, like, figure out what an athlete can actually do, what supports them from a prehab-rehab standpoint, right. and all the different aspects of training, right? So, like, they're training speed and power and strength. Yeah. Prehab-rehab, they're training hypertrophy, they're training endurance and stamina, they're training all the different stuff. So it's pretty neat to see how much just fitness as a whole has evolved across time
1: yeah it was really really cool i mean like you said it was very similar to how our gym is i mean exactly honestly in the way it was set up the way they train and then what was interesting is going to where we are now um, at the air force academy and the way their gym is set up is still somewhat commercial it
0: is it's a little behind the times right so it's like it it is neat to see just how much there's kind of this evolution inside of fitness between this kind of standard I need to approach it from the aspect of like get into a machine and hold best position and just knock right. out my reps like from a hypertrophy only standpoint and then you're getting to see kind of the body as a whole in you know some of these niche areas of fitness that are starting to grow bigger and bigger so like you said it's very kind of globo gym-ish yeah. right now where we're at Yeah. but it's neat to see that the, the growth from the bottom up What's coming out is a very much a entire athlete perspective. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I tell you what, it was really cool to be there um, at the Pararescue uh, gym during Memorial Day. Right. That was that was really you know, really I was really grateful for everybody that serves and gives their life because I know your motto is, "These things we do that others may live," and that was just painted on the big wall of the gym, and so you're working out and you see those words. And you see the pictures of all the people that have passed away and the workouts that were made for them and it just really was like you know what i don't care what's going on like i'm going to give my all you know
0: yeah absolutely and it's always bittersweet i think for me as well because man like with the exception of a few that were that are guys that have passed before i got in i just about either know or i'm one removed from every person that's up there right and so you know uh, another buddy of mine this a controller put up a photo a day or two ago and in a picture of like nine people four of them died on the job right yeah um a picture that you put up from our graduation my buddy sean barton died on the job right Jeez. so it's like it's this it's an extremely dangerous job um and you know there's few jobs that you go into that like you know full well that like you are willing to give your life for somebody else. And it's just neat to get to see like how much these guys still carry the flag and how much the camaraderie is still there and how much the commitment to excellence is still there. So yeah, it's pretty awesome.
1: And like you said, I mean, amazing what they do. And then also everybody in the military, when you sign up, yeah you're, you're ready like you percent if the war kicks off i mean you're you're going if, That's it. if they want you to go you're going it doesn't so. matter
0: if you're in finance in the military exactly you could be anywhere downrange. mortars can come in so it's like once again yeah man for the memorial day that just passed we're so grateful for those who have literally signed up and laid their lives on the line and had to pay the ultimate sacrifice for our freedoms and so we're absolutely. super grateful
1: yep absolutely yeah. All right, what are we talking about today?
0: Oh, I don't know. Maybe we should chat a little bit about...
1: Homeschool. <laughs> All right. You guys have really, really bombarded me in my direct messages about homeschool, and we're ready to talk about it. Um, it's a lot. So we're like, okay, let's try to you know condense it down and chat about how we homeschool our kids, because it's very unconventional, probably from what most people think homeschool is.
0: Yeah. And I, first off, I think the elephant in the room, always with homeschool... Anytime you talk to anybody or even us, we weren't homeschooled. The number one thing that people worry about is, is my kid going to be socially
1: awkward? awkward."
0: Always, right? And guess what? I think that's a great question to ask. For us, kind of two main things that happened was we had a really great friend at the gym who homeschooled two of his kids. And then one of our partners, Kate, was homeschooled. And neither of them were socially awkward. So we were like, okay, that's a good launching point but is that an anomaly right
1: right yeah and so we really had to sit down and think okay They say, you know, the myth that if you're homeschooled, you're going to be awkward. And we're like, well, why is that? You know, why would, why would people say that? Well, because you think kids are at home and they're not around anybody all day long. Right. And And that's a
0: recipe for awkward.
1: Right, right. Yeah. (laughs) If you're, if you're stuck in your house all day and you don't see anybody, well, then you probably may be socially awkward. Probably going to be awkward. We thought about that and we're like, okay, well, our kids are in activities. So every day they're surrounded by other kids. Even
0: before that, we thought... Okay, so do you get to socialize in school? Right. right. So we started slowly unpacking this thought process of going, okay, well, we went to school, and in school, for eight, nine hours a day, you're told to sit down. You have to be quiet. You can't talk in the middle of class. Somebody's teaching. And then after that, during a test or quizzes or homework or schoolwork time, you can't talk. Right. So, what about school allow socialization? So right. you have recess which is like 15 minutes a day mm-hmm. now for school age kids and not even necessarily every day but every couple of days and then you have lunch time so those are both good socialization times then you have maybe if they're riding to a bus so it's like that's not really the medium that they socialize what is right is all the extracurricular stuff it's right it's the
1: extracurricular yeah and so we thought about that and we thought okay well every day our kids are going to go to some activity where they are going to socialize with other kids and we thought, okay, well, that's number one. They're going to see kids. They're going to see people every day. And then two, I did a little research on when did kids start going to a structured school? Right. Right. And when was that?
0: Well, so for our kids, activities look like what? So kids still go to birthday parties. Right. They still obviously go to jiu They go to gymnastics. They, right. Uh, you know, we look for um, every opportunity for our kids to get to integrate and hang out with other kids. And I think because that's our mindset, when we show up, we're able to really watch and see how interactions are going. And it gives us the opportunity to go lessons learned with the kids as well, right? Right. So like, Tommy's not a real kid, but we're just gonna go Tommy as a hypothetical kid here. But like, let's say let's say Tommy, you can tell is having a rough day, right? And Tommy's just kind of being a little bullish towards kids or whatever. You can go, hey man, what was up with Tommy over there? oh, he was saying this or saying that. Mm -hmm. And then you can go, cool, well, what was your response? Why do you think that's happening? What do you think you can do? And so we really use all social time period when we watch the kids interact as opportunities to help them grow as well.
1: I think what you're saying, yeah, is that when you send your kid to school, you don't have the opportunity to watch them with interaction. Yeah, you don't think about, you know, who, who may be bullying them. Maybe if they're mean to a kid or maybe if they didn't, you know speak out when they should have you don't get to have those opportunities to help teach them and grow them in right. those aspects but when they do an extracurricular if you're there and watching you can see those moments you can see nonverbals. you can kind of watch okay did you did you say thank you to your coach did you talk to that you know that player when they did that did you shake their hand or say good job afterwards right. you're really able to be a part of that and help them grow in those aspects. That's
0: right. And because for us, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Mm -hmm. So we're really trying to be there to help coach our kids through some of these different thought processes before they become adults. Yeah. Because, you know, we know as adults how difficult conversations can be where people have different vocabulary, they communicate differently. We understand all that can start, obviously, all the way at the child level. So as much as we can help develop emotional intelligence at this age, Mm -hmm. how much more is that gonna serve them as they grow? And really just humility and grace. Because sometimes, you know, no matter what, people just don't have the ability to conversate in an edifying manner. So it's up to us to help figure out how to take that conversation on.
1: Right, and I think that ties into what I was saying before, is I looked into when was school actually created and right. it was during the industrial revolution Absolutely. when they were training people for factories right that's right and, to, and it made a lot of sense to sit down and to do a job but before that before they before there was a conventional school what happened every child was homeschooled right and it was kind of like on the job training right. so whatever the parent did they truly taught their child okay this is what i do and daily right. they were taught teach their children show their children kind of model what you know what they want their child to grow up to be like or teach them values morals right and i thought that's interesting you know how many kids go to public school and have no idea what their what their parent does
0: yeah no great idea at all And, and not only that but like what their parents character and tough decisions look like
1: right right you know what i mean you may have the weekend or a couple hours at night but once you get in middle school i feel like for myself I couldn't tell you what my parents did. Right. You know, I don't remember seeing them what they did for their job. Maybe I knew exactly like you knew,
0: you knew what they do. Yeah, exactly. But you didn't know how they do it and who they are
1: exactly. while they're doing it. Right. I think about all the things that you know my parents did. I'm like, man, why didn't I learn that? Like my dad's a big gardener. He cans a lot. You know, he does all these interesting things. He was a detective, and I only knew a little bit. And man, right. I wish I would have known. I could know right. more.
0: What's this process look like? Yeah. Because I think for most parents they're trying to not bring work home with their kids, right? Right. So that makes sense. By the time the child gets home or on the weekends, they're not really processing out loud or thinking through what their daily work looks like. At least that's the goal, right? So the child's not sure how that parent deals with this person at work or that boss or this subordinate or, you know, this business decision or these deals. So when that child becomes an adult, it's that much more difficult for them to sort through those things.
1: Yeah, yeah. And we thought, okay, well, why don't we start our children at a young age and kind of show them the ropes when they're five, six, seven, you know, thirteen, versus when you turn eighteen and graduate and you're like, oh, taxes what are taxes what's insurance right (laughs) what's all this you know i feel like for myself i graduated high school went to the military and then had no clue how to do any of that stuff
0: yeah for sure and i think too that like if you don't have the opportunity to put your child in homeschool like it's just not there and we'll talk about that maybe on the end That you can still focus on these things but i don't think there's a great substitute for proximity and time, yeah, right? So, yeah. you know, one I don't remember who said this to me. Maybe I heard it in a study, or not a study, but a, a, a speech online or something, I don't remember. But the words they said is they said quality time with your kid is less important than quantity. Mm-hmm. And I thought that sounded almost counterintuitive at the time, like everybody knows quality is everything. And they said that it's almost impossible to get quality without quantity because you don't know when those certain conversations are going to come up or different coaching points. Yeah. And so even still, like if your child has to be in school for whatever reason, we highly recommend that you figure out that quantity piece. Right. 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 Yeah. And I think for us, that was one of the other things that was a little scary, right? Mm-hmm. Is your child's at school all day. And then when they come home and just to be clear, Slade was public school for what
1: he was public schooled all the way up to second grade.
0: That's right. So he did K-1 and 2, and then we made the decision to homeschool after that. So we have an experience of having a child public school as well. And our experience was by the time the child gets home, they have some more homework to do, some more stuff to do. So it really wasn't like a giant quality or quantity time. It was still school time. Yeah. And then for us, too, is because that child's not with you all day, they're not really certain what your boundaries are. Right. So the child can easily get on the parent's nerves, yeah. right? So it's like
1: yeah. they
0: don't know what's okay and what's not with you as the parent. Uh-huh. Yep. I
1: mean, I was super nervous when um, we decided to take Slate out of public school and him because, to be honest and selfish, I liked that time that I had. Mm. And so I was like, oh, no, you know, i right. are not going to have... The time to do this or that, and or you know, peace, right? Yeah. You're like,
0: golly, when they come home, they're yeah. kind of getting on my nerves a they're little so bit. Mean, I love them, yeah, but they're getting on my nerves a little bit. I mean,
1: you know how when kids come home from school, they're like wanting to get their energy out, they're running around, they're crazy. And I'm like, it's All almost day? like they
0: had to sit there for eight hours <laughs> and shut up, <laughs> yeah. So
1: I was super nervous, but you know, Jordan was cool and he's like, give it a year, try it for a year. If it doesn't work out, we'll put them back in school. And so we did. And, you know, there was a learning curve for sure. It was like the first couple months we, he tested his, the boundaries and I had to figure out, you know, what my boundaries were as well. And, you know, we figured it out and now we're how many years in?
0: Golly, I don't know.
1: Maybe like six, six years in. Yep. And I I truly love it. I really do. Yeah.
0: Because what happens first off, everybody like you. If you wanna take your child out for a year and test it out, put them back in, and you're worried about them falling behind or whatever, guys, if you're listening to this, you made it out. You made it out of high school, (laughs) okay? It's gonna be all right. You're gonna figure out how to read, write, and do math. All of us are, and you're gonna do eight. You're gonna spend hours upon hours in school learning stuff that you absolutely are not gonna retain, right? Or you guys did this, we did this as well. There's all kinds of stuff that we did in school that we didn't retain that doesn't apply to life. Don't worry, it'll be okay. If you're an absolutely terrible parent at teaching your child, you can't do it, that's okay. (laughs) In a year, you can put them back in school. It really will be okay, right? So we all made it out. If you're listening to this, you either got a GED or a high school diploma or a tech, you know, graduation, or maybe you did none of those, but you still figured out how to get a job and you're making it happen, it'll be all right, (laughs) right? You're going to make it. Right. That's it. And so for that first year when you take them out, what... Actually, ends up happening is you build all this this proximity to your child, and they start to understand you, right? And then what happens is they're not that annoying because they're not constantly testing the same boundaries. And then, right, your relationship grows even stronger. That's right. I watch you and Slade, and you and Brody, and it's like amazing to me because. The love is so high as well as the respect.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. don't let your kids run all over, all over you, that's for sure. Definitely. You got to set the boundaries for sure. That's it. All right, let's talk about, so if someone's interested in homeschool, how does that work? Because that's how I felt when I first was going to homeschool. Right. I'm like, how does it work? What curriculum it's do I It's overwhelming, right? It's very overwhelming. How do I submit my stuff to the state or the county? you know, how does that work? So just, to I don't pre- know, from, Jess, how you does don't that know, work? Do Jordan doesn't know. I do all that. Um, so really you have to look it up. It's different state by state. Um, so how it works in our state is every year you have to send a form into the county saying that you are still homeschooling your child as well as sending a portfolio. So what we do is I just Keep a lot of their work and I have to show progress so say we start in August and I keep some math or English science social studies I keep a little bit each month to show the progress that each child has made throughout the year and at the end of that year I have a teacher evaluate that portfolio um, as well as you know talk to the child and they'll ask some questions about what they learned um, and then that teacher will write off and saying yes she's shown a portfolio of their work for the year and you send that into the county Yep. Or you can take your child in for a test. So they can take an end of year test just like most kids and it'll show their progress and their grades through that test. Yeah, definitely. And so that's not hard. You just do that every year. Um, and then the second thing is curriculum. That's right. scary. Right. Parents don't know what curriculum to use for their kiddos. Um, and so the biggest thing I've learned is first, you got to understand how your child learns. Right. Um, and so. Yeah,
0: how, how different has that been?
1: so different. It's it's really interesting how kids and adults obviously can have different learning styles. Right. Um just like you and I. Right. <laughs> we're so different.
0: Massively different how we learn.
1: <laughs> um yeah, pretty crazy. I've learned that Brody is very good at memorization just like myself and so if we're memorizing times tables or maybe we're memorizing um historical events, she loves to learn by song. Right, And our son is so different.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I can't, if I hear a song 30 times, I might have like the first 10 lyrics, (laughs) right? But the difference between Slade and I is that everything for us is like almost a universal puzzle. And once we understand the puzzle pieces, then it conceptually fits together. And now it's easier to stack information on each other, right? So that's how Slade is. So you had to figure out different learning styles and then with curriculum,
1: and and playing into that, if you start something, so you can Google homeschool curriculum, and you are gonna find a ton of different curriculums. You'll
0: find something that suits the parent's personality as right, well. Right,
1: right. So maybe you start that, and you think, oh, this curriculum looks awesome, and then you start your first second month, and your child isn't isn't liking it, and it's just not clicking. Throw it out. Start something new. Something because new. for myself, I initially started with something. I am like, I am sticking through this for the end of the year. I am gonna make it happen, and it just wasn't vibing with Slade. Right. And so. I really read something was like, if it doesn't work, throw it out and start something new. Absolutely. And so we did. We threw it out at the end of the year. I said, I'm not doing that again. And we started a new curriculum. Um, and, and that's so,
0: you know we do homeschool the same way we do business. Yeah. Whatever we're doing, we believe to be the best way to do it in that moment, so you give it 100%. And as soon as you realize it's not the best way, then yeah. you just change what you're doing.
1: Absolutely. That's it. Yeah, be flexible. You have to be flexible with homeschool.
0: Yeah, don't don't have a sunk cost theory, yeah. right? Don't have like, okay, I spent 3 months trying to make this curriculum work or this 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 option work. I, I have to stick it out. No, man. If you find that there's a better way to do something, then just
1: do that. Right, Change right. it up. Yeah, and so that's what we do. So um, our primary curriculum is homes, or is classical conversations, right. which is really cool because it involves meeting up with a group of other parents and children that homeschool each week. So I thought that was fun. You know, for myself, I think it helps to be in community with other parents at homeschool. Right. And then second, it gets your kids involved with other kids. So they get to... Be in a classroom once a week with other kids that also are in their grade.
0: Yeah, and I tell you, we started talking about the biggest risk. The biggest risk was you don't want your kid to be socially awkward. Like okay. that's the main thing. Most people, when we talk to them or us ourselves, you're not thinking I'm afraid that my child won't figure out how to read, write, and do math. It's and understand some history. That's not people's biggest concern. The chief concern is whether they're going to understand how to conversate and and be part of society. Right. So that's the number one risk. We talked about some ways to mitigate that. Now, everything forward, I think we should talk about what some of the rewards that we see are. Right. So with CC specifically, right, it's nice because that was one of the first things is it's going to be the opposite of socially awkward. It's going to give you the opportunity to spend time in class with your kid and watch your kid interact and be able to find different coaching points from a social standpoint. Right. Right. Like I can't even say how many times we've had the opportunity with the kids now to help them understand where maybe Tommy was having a bad day or maybe Tommy is, you know, sorting through these things, but you're able to help give your kids some grace for other kids as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very cool opportunity. Um, and the other thing I really enjoy about classical conversations is they really emphasize, you know, learning for the children, that it's a fun thing because for myself, You know, I feel like you're in school for so many years and you're told, hey, learn this, or like not really learn it, memorize it, take a test, and dump that information. And it's a stressful process. For me, it was stressful because I wanted to do great. So I wanted to get straight A's. So I'm constantly stressing about I have a test. I need to just memorize this information, get an A on the test, and then I can dump that information. And for our kids, I really thought I want them to... Love the learning process because when they get older, I want college to be exciting for them, right? Because for myself, it's like a lot of people you talk to they graduate high school and you say, Hey, what do you want to do? and they don't know because they've been basically shoved this information they have to memorize and dump, versus really navigating on what they like,
0: right? It is very interesting how any degree that you get specializes in a field of study. yeah. But for the first 13 years of school, K through 12, you're taught to not specialize in anything, right. right? And you have to wonder why. Well, it has to be some kind of fear of missing out, of getting a covering in all these areas. But the reality is you start to study, you know, you got five subjects and five tests that are coming. If you start to study in subject A, and maybe that's history and you really like it, and you want to delve a little bit deeper, you don't have time right. because you have to meet these other obligations absolutely. as well. Absolutely,
1: absolutely. And so how I kind of form that in our homeschool is, so for my son, he loves history. He is obsessed with World War One, World War Two, any type of military, any, any history thing. And so for reading, I, yeah, we're
0: walking. Yeah. Uh, we're in Colorado and we're walking at Garden of the Gods, which is like this really cool outdoor area that's got these big, massive rocks and climbing areas. And you guys might have seen it on social media. Really neat spot. We're just walking up and down these these little, I don't want to call them mountains, hills, right? These different terraces that are switchbacks. And the whole time he's talking to me about how Napoleon took over, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Did you know Napoleon's army? Right. When he first started, he was a first lieutenant and everything was based upon heritage. So it wasn't based upon merit. But the, and he goes into all this and the whole time he's actually educating me on yeah, history. He definitely and, is. and I'm blown away at, at how when you give a child the opportunity to really do something they enjoy, then they enjoy doing it. Versus Absolutely. everything being this great. And don't get me wrong, we still we still grade our kids papers and stuff like that, but we use it as, yo, look, you got 96% of this, right? This 4%, what are small things you can adjust in here to help get better? We celebrate the wins a lot more than we do the losses and we look at it. But it's crazy because then as an adult, you don't like go to work and get an A, B, C, D, E, right? There's no E, A, B, C, D, F, right? Type of grade system. What you get is you get, okay, did I learn lessons here? How do I constantly slowly improve this? And so to be really great at work, whether that be a business or whatever it's about this one percent mentality i'm trying to grow a little bit more every day it's not about okay twice a year i get a grade and everything comes down to those two days
1: right right right. yeah exactly so i think the main takeaway is to focus on their interests so obviously they're going to have subjects that are harder you know for my son it's english and i in public school, what I, what, from my own experience is if you have a weakness, then it's like, okay, you're going to just focus on that. You got to work harder to tighten that up and you don't really get to focus on what you love. Maybe, maybe you're really good at math, but you're so focused on like getting better at English that you kind of throw that math away. Right. Um, and so for my son, we definitely focus on, you know, if there's areas that we need to tighten up, but I'm more relaxed in that because I know we have all year we have plenty of time to really tighten up those areas but i really let him focus on what he loves because in the long run you know he wants to join the military he wants to be a pararescue and so the more he can know about that i think that's great
0: yeah and what's crazy is he is literally grades ahead in math right and he's on par with all of english stuff so he's not behind right it's like you want to celebrate the fact that you have high strengths And if all you concentrate on your weaknesses, like if if we opened a business and all I tried to do was the areas of business that I'm worst at, then we're not going to maximize any of the strengths. So as an adult, what I find is that like maximize your strengths because that's what creates the greatest value in your in your atmosphere, in your universe. And the areas that you don't have strengths, figure out how to cover them. Right. Whether that be like you cover me a ton in business, our partners, they all cover each other in areas. Like you want to maximize your strengths, not just focus on your weaknesses. Right. right? right. It's not an excuse to not learn in those areas, you do. But you shouldn't spend all of your time trying to just shore up something right yeah. or just concentrate on something that's not your number one area of expertise.
1: Absolutely. And I think the last thing we can go through in this is I get how do you have so much time? Like I know you do this, this and this and mm-hmm. how do you have so much time? Well, truthfully, homeschool takes about 2 to 3 hours max a day and it's not that long because you think of public school and it's 8 hours. Oh, I would it. say yeah. there are some days, you know, some days yep. if it's a Friday and I'm like, "Hey, we're gonna knock this out quick because we have this, this, and this, right. you know, because if you look at it in the long run, public school, you have eight hours, but a lot of that is transition time, you know, from room to room. Right. It's uh, maybe like a study. Right the school
0: bus, school bus home. It,
1: exactly, it's a lot of different things. So if you can condense that down and you only have maybe one, two, three, four kids, You know, you really can condense that down. For myself, we're kind of lucky because Slay does a lot of in his own because he's thirteen, and he has, you know, he knows what he has to do. So really, I only have Brody I have to like sit down with. Right. Um, So that depends on how many kids, what the grade is, and all that stuff.
0: And I guess for me, what I was thinking is the entirety of the work they need to do is at least three hours. Yeah. When I look at your specific areas that you might have to coach in, yes, that could be less for sure.
1: Right. Right. And as you can see now that I've homeschooled more years, I'm more flexible. Right. Because you really, you really you have so much time You, if you're a mom and you're thinking about homeschool do not stress do not think that you have to sit down for four to five hours a day or you know some or days, eight hours a day yeah and some days maybe you will enjoy four hours and other days maybe you only got an hour and a half in you and that's okay because your child is going to learn and they're going to really bond with you they're going to you know make sure you learn their learning styles you you praise what they're great at you help them in a loving way and things that they're not so great at um, and what would you say, Jordan? What if your kid is in eighth grade right now and you, you can't homeschool? What would you give advice for?
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. I think it's a, a great question. First off, if you can't homeschool, consider how you can. And I know that sounds silly, and I'm not trying to be facetious. I'm saying if you can figure it out some way, shape, or form, definitely do. If you can't do that, then make sure, I in my opinion, that you make the bulkier your conversations about all the things that don't have to do with school. You make them about value and integrity and the things that you're hoping to see for in your kids, which for me, that was one of the biggest rewards was for us, we wanted to make sure our kids had values and integrity when they grew up, Right. right? So I did not want our kids to leave and be 18 years old. And as much as we had to offer them, we didn't download that. Right. So what do those things look like? Well, I think they come down to relating with people, um, being able to have conversations where, you know, you're persuading. And I think persuading conversations are very important. Right. So whether you're going to go into sales or you're trying to show something at the work that you have, how to best put this together, this project, how to uh, convince people with all of the, the relational and kindness things you can do so they can get on board with this at the same time right and how to understand other people's differences because part of persuasive conversation maybe the main part is understanding what somebody thinks differently than you Mm -hmm. right yeah so we spend a lot of time in that um and then you already touched on this but i think that three hours you talk about that we really want to teach our kids that here are the tasks yeah figure out how to be efficient in your time
1: Yes, exactly. That's a great point. I, I thought about that as well. And, you know, in school, you're there for eight hours regardless. So you, a lot of, like for myself, I would finish a paper and then you're waiting around like, Oh, what do I do with my time?
0: You become, you practice procrastination. Right, Right, right,
1: right. Yeah. So for the kiddos, you know, I, I lay it out every morning. I go, here's what we have to get done. You can take eight hours or you can take two hours. It's up to you whenever you get it done, then you can, you know, X, Y, Z, you can play outside, you can do whatever. Um, So it's, I leave it up to them because as adults, that's pretty much what happens. Right. And I
0: remember for me, I learned to procrastinate like a master (laughs) in school because there's just not quite enough time to really put quality into it. So it's like you're at the end of this class and you got about seven minutes before the bell rings and you know, you got 15, 20 minutes of work to do. So you don't even start it yet. You're like, I'm not going to get halfway through it. And then you have the same thing in the next class, and that adds up. And so really what happens is you get home, you know you got 40 minutes of stuff you got to knock out, but you don't feel like doing it, and you've been practicing (laughs) procrastinating all day. It's so true.
1: Okay, so you're saying basically if you can't homeschool, maybe make a list of all these different things you want to hit with your child. Absolutely. You want to hit morals, you want to hit... Um, work, ethic, work ethic, persuasion, uh, work ethic, procrastination, emotional
0: intelligence. Yeah,
1: I think that's a good thing. Just write it down, and you don't have to stress about it. But at least it's visual; you see it. It's on your mind, and you that's can it. hit that when you have time off.
0: That's it. And for us, we do more than what we call homeschool. We do what we call e-school. Yeah. Right, which is entrepreneur school. So for us, we spend about three hours. Jess does the bulk of this of working with the kids on traditional schooling. And then the extra stuff is we're actually teaching them how business operates, right? right. Um, how Where does value come from, right? And one of the main things we teach kids is everything is associated with value, right? Like if you can bring value to the world, then you're going to be able to get paid for that value. Yep. And so what does value look like? How are you adding to other people's lives? And everything comes down to something that a human uses, consumes, or learns from. Right. Right? And so we do a lot of time with that, teaching them these things and teaching them how to create value and how to be um, valuable to other people and how to see value in other people and help people grow in those areas. And then freaking understanding the difference between local county state and federal offices
1: absolutely right absolutely yeah you know we've uh, as entrepreneurs ourselves in business there's so many things that you learn along the way and you learn almost like monthly yearly you know things are like oh that's interesting yeah and so you know if we are learning that now in our 30s how yeah. cool is it that we can really teach our kids at such a young age right because in life we've realized in business It's a lot about what you know, who you know, relationships. It's really more about relationships than anything.
0: Yeah, and why wouldn't it be, right? So, like, people want to do business with people that they get along with and they like. So, again, not a lot of that has to do with reading, writing, and math. You need to be able to do the job you say you can do. Right. And so we make sure that that's important. We make sure those things are shored up. And after that, it comes down to... Is this a positive relationship? Yeah. And so you probably should spend a lot of time there. That's what, that's what we focus on a lot in.
1: Yeah. 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 Super cool. I'm glad we talked about this. This is really awesome. Um. So we have some cool stuff we're going to talk about next week, right? Definitely. What is it? We're going to talk about childhood obesity.
0: Yeah. In fact, so somebody let's asked a question the on this. The app? Yeah, definitely. let's do it. All right. Okay. So we'll hit some on the app next week. And in addition to that, we're going to talk about why we think the app is going to be so successful for parents and one of the biggest things to overcome childhood obesity is understanding what's motivating for a child to mm, do, yeah, right? What's absolutely. fun for a child to do. And so we'll tra- we'll chat through that some for right, sure. I can't
1: wait. All right, we got to finish it out. It's fun time. Are you ready?
0: I am almost ready for fun time. One last thing I want to remind parents is if you can't homeschool, then fi- oh, I got some music and some sound in the background. If you can't homeschool, figure out how to keep the bulk of your time around being a quality slash quantity time and focus on some of these areas that are really going to help the child as they grow up. And I'm not preaching at parents. I'm literally saying the same things that we had to sort through.
1: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. All right, you ready? Fun time. I don't want to hear about root beer. Root beer is good, okay?
0: No, root beer is... All right, we'll pass on All right, that. here we go. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> do you prefer sunrises or sunsets?
0: Mm, I think sunrises.
1: Really? How about I you? I thought you were going to say sunset because you don't I am sunrise.
0: a little nocturnal, that's for sure. But you know what? There's just something beautiful about, like, the day is starting. Uh-huh. There's nothing but new beginnings here. Let's do this. What about you?
1: Um, I kind of like sunsets. Oh, interesting. It's just peaceful. I interesting.
0: I know, a little just... salt and pepper response salt here. Pepper. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Uh, let's see. Um, if you could become any fictional character, who would you be?
0: You know what? I'm just going to be me. You knew I was probably going to answer Why? Come on. Any fictional character? Yes. Yeah, I'm going with me.
1: You're so ridiculous. Yeah. How about you? Um, I'm thinking like Black Widow. That'd be pretty cool. will not that be cool? Yeah. Oh, she's my favorite. All right. What's the strangest skill you would most like to learn? You
0: know what? I wish I was better at memorizing stuff. I have tried to learn multiple languages a couple times. I'm not great at it. Oh yeah, it at languages. All. So that's languages for sure. would be you know, when I meet somebody that knows like ten languages, that's super impressive to me.
1: That's not like a strange skill though. What's a, the strangest skill? A strange skill. Yeah, like yeah, I think it's something strange.
0: I don't know. So here's the difference of our personalities, right here, he right? Hates like us. that question, I'm gonna to have to sort through that for a while. So I'll, I'll alibi that to the next you one. You
1: know, like pogo stick. You know, like stuff like that. Like weird. What? I don't know. Like being good at the pogo stick, stuff like that.
0: You know, I woke up today and thought I should be good at pogo stick. I'm
1: trying to think. It's, you know, you see those. Shows? Is that your
0: strange skill? I'm,
1: I'm,
0: like your America's Got Talent skill? <laughs> up next, Jesse Bowen or like pogo. Or,
1: or like you know, hanging from your hair and being able to like spin around, stuff like that. What are you talking about?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, moving on. Oh, my gosh. Um What was your favorite subject in school?
0: Uh, math, for sure.
1: Uh, How about you? Funny story about Jordan. He is banned from our local library. I found that out when I went to get the kids' library cards yep. because he stole two books. I borrowed had, it for okay. a long time. He borrowed two books, and those two books were... Go ahead and tell
0: them. Uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. <laughs> and then uh, I think it was on just investing in real estate was the second
1: Actually, one. it was three books. Yes, it was How to Win Friends. It was Investing in Real Estate. Oh, and then it was a jiu-jitsu it book. Was a jiu-jitsu it was a jiu book.
0: Yeah.
1: And let me tell you, librarians don't play because I had to basically... Let's,
0: let's hold on real quick. Just the background story on this is my parents, my dad worked like 16 hours a day. My mom worked tremendous hours. They were trying to figure out how to be as successful as possible. They were grinding and getting it done. So I would go to the library and I'd be like, Hey, can I check out a book? And they were like, not without your parents. And I was like, there's no chance my parents can get down here in the middle of the day. I'd be riding my bike over there. And they were like, uh, well, no. And I was like, okay, word. So uh, as like a young, young teenager, I would just go, all right, I'm just gonna read this book. I'm gonna just put this thing in my backpack and I'll bring it back. Right. And then eventually I would bring books back and forth. And I think somewhere along the line, they were like, Hey, you can't steal these books. I'm like, I don't want to steal the book. I want to check the book out, but you won't give me a library card. So they finally gave me a library card. And then I forgot to bring my books back.
1: Yeah. And, um, this was like how many years later, 20 some (laughs) years later and this librarian when i said she goes are you related to jordan bowen and i'm like um yes and i'm gonna tell you she had to like separate us in the system i was on the blacklist you were all, you're blacklisted and the
0: funniest part is you told i'm not related me,
1: to you at the library
0: <laughs> you told me that you were like well what books were they and they she told you the three books and you were like well he's pretty successful in those now and the library she didn't, didn't care she didn't think that was funny she at all she
1: did not think that was funny so return your books guys all right last question uh what part-time job did you have as a kid
0: so I worked as a busser at like a fine dining restaurant and did a terrible job at that and then I worked at American Eagle of all
1: places. Right.
0: And did a I didn't do a bad job at that. It was just so boring to me. Both those jobs were so boring that my life expectancy on the job was so short. And that was part of the reasons I joined the military is I was like, dude, I cannot do these jobs i can't do school all over again i can't just sit here yeah. and be quiet and do this this area american eagle was a little bit different i was able american to interact eagle, with
1: Eagle, that's so funny you know i was
0: up in there wearing my collar button up bro looking wow. good wow that's <laughs> ridiculous what about you
1: i had a ton of jobs i had so many jobs by the time i was 13 i my first job was to tassel and corn
0: detasseling yeah, corn. Yeah, that's a
1: hard job, you guys. You have to wake up before the sun rises. They pick you up that's on a school That's why you like bus, sunsets. Probably. <laughs> they pick you up on a school bus and you have to go and you have to basically take off the the tassel of the corn. So there's five rows and you take off one of those rows so they don't uh, fertilize the corn because it's going to be seed corn. So you're picking up these tassels. You've got to reach up high. You're in mud. There's bugs everywhere. That was the hardest job I ever had. So I did that. I was a lifeguard. I worked at an ice cream shop. I was a busser. Hey,
0: when Jess and I met and she told me she was <laughs> a lifeguard, well, I was a PJ, I paired rescue at the time, right? So we're doing like open water, serious rescue. And I'm like, you were a lifeguard? That's crazy. Like where at? And she's like, oh, in Illinois. And I'm like, there's no bodies of water there. What do you mean? And she's like, oh, I was at the pool. I was like, you want a lifeguard. You are a babysitter. <laughs> no, I was a lifeguard.
1: That's an important job. That it was is my favorite Sandlot
0: job. saved his life. <laughs> yeah.
1: You guys, I was a lifeguard of a town with a population of 500 people. Let's find out though. We had a good time. Alright, let's close it out.
0: Alright, are we done? We're done. Alright, see you guys next week. JB Square. We're out.